I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Uh, after five years as offensive coordinator for the Chiefs, Eric Bieniemy now going to the Commanders. Bieniemy had several interviews for head coaching positions over his career, most recently with the Colts this year. But after being shut out, has made the lateral move to the Commanders. Coach, are you surprised by this? Yeah, it's 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 amazing. It's amazing that that a person in 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 his situation, which you would look at and say, this is the dream job. You, you've got you've got a Great quarterback. You've got an explosive offense. You've won two Super Bowls. You're you're in a position to to keep winning for a long time. Would would have to move from the team he's with to go to another team that has an unsettled quarterback situation, a, a real tentative coaching situation, in order to try to create opportunities for himself. The the level of frustration that he must feel to leave what what should be a wonderful right. scenario and go to such an uncertain place, it's, I mean, it's got to be hard, really hard for him. Uh, so, listen, this show, I think, behind Inside the NBA, maybe for most smiles per minute, we try to have fun, we try to laugh a lot, we literally employ a guy who goes by the clown you know, on YouTube and Kevin Wilds. He's the funniest man in sports television. We, this is not one of those topics. Uh, and I understand there are some people in the audience that are far, far more bothered by accusations of race playing a factor in things than they are by actual racism. And that's pretty bothersome. But let me just give you the facts here. Uh, you can't get the job because Andy Reid, and everybody knows Andy Reid calls the plays. Well, that didn't hurt Matt Nagy. Right. That didn't hurt Doug Peterson. That didn't hurt Andy's last uh, offensive coordinator in Philly. So what do coordinators, offensive coordinators of Super Bowl teams do? Well, the Chiefs have been a contender for five years, so let's use that sample. 2018 Super Bowl, Patriots, Rams. Well, Zach Taylor went from that job to a head coaching job, and Josh McDaniel now has a coaching job. What about Kansas City, San Francisco? Well, that was Eric Bieniemy, and Mike McDaniel was the lead guy in San Francisco. He now has a head coaching job. Now, to be fair, Mike McDaniel's biracial. But I'm not sure people knew that until after he got the job. And he certainly, I don't think, dealt with the assumed, if we're being honest here, a lot of the problem is a lot of the white decision makers don't think the black guy interviewing for the job is quite smart enough to get the job. I don't know if Mike had to deal with that. Next Super Bowl is Kansas City, Tampa. Neither one of those guys, offensive coordinators, have had coaching jobs. They are Eric Bieniemy and Byron Leftwich. Eric just had to leave his job. Byron just got fired from his. The next one is Cincinnati and the Rams. Now, Callahan hasn't gotten a job yet, but it looked like he was very close this offseason. Kevin O'Connell, of course, does have a job. And then the Super Bowl again. We have Eric Bieniemy and Shane Steichen. Eric Bieniemy now has had to leave to go get a chance, and Shane Steichen, of course, has a job. And it's god-dog embarrassing, bro. And the very simple answer is 
a lot of even well-intentioned white people deep down somewhere, whether they recognize it or not, don't think the black guy is quite sharp enough. Mm. You can coach my running backs. You can fire up my defense. You can do a lot of things. But offensive coordinator is kind of a thinking man's job, and we don't think Eric can do it. And it's amazing to me that it was, uh, he was a terrible interview. Mm. Kicked ass in that interview for the OC job, evidently, though. Got that immediately. So, listen, I consider Eric a friend, and this sucks, and so I'm a little biased here, but the, it is, this is mortifying for the league that all the offensive masterminds that go to the Super Bowl for five years get jobs, except for him who's been there three times and left which. It's mortifying. Well, you just spelled it out. It's racism. There's nothing else to call it, all right? And here's the thing, and I, I've been saying this, you know, to, on our radio show to African-Americans. This last Super Bowl, we had two black quarterbacks for starting for the first time ever. How many years, most of the, the overwhelming majority of the NFL's existence, blacks were told you're not smart enough to play quarterback. To play quarterback. You can't play quarterback. So now we're being told you, you really can't coach. There's four black head coaches out of 32, including Mike McDaniel. And so I've been saying, look, whatever we're told we can't do, don't let that hinder you because Jalen Hurts and Patrick Mahomes are just one of many proofs that we can do it. But I'm going to say this, Nick, because a lot of people will equate it, Coach, to the field, well, you know, which is roughly 70% African-American in the NFL. This is the difference. On a playing field or on the court or in a ring, boxing ring, on a track, it's objective. Even though quarterback wasn't for a long time. But for the most part, it's objective. You put two guys on the field, and it's obvious who's better. And if you want to win, which your job is based on, you, got, you can't worry about the color. Black, white, green, yellow, red, whatever. I'm going with this guy because he's better. In corporate America and in corporate football, hiring in the front office, hiring head coaches, it's subjective. There's more people that can do it, and coach is not obvious Who's better? Who's going to be better? Who's more qualified? It's completely subjective, and that's where African-Americans get stiffed. And that's why the resume, I know it's never been like you have to meet all these qualifications, but the resume is important because, I mean, they just hired Jeff Saturday last season, who was a broadcaster. Mm -hmm. Okay, so they keep, like you said, moving the goalposts. That's why the resume is important because if it's not like some set criteria, then African-Americans are going to keep getting the short end of the Well, the other fact is the decision makers don't exactly know what they're doing. So... Eric Bieniemy interviewed 16 times for 15 teams. He interviewed with the Jets twice. And this is what Roger Sherman wrote. Only three of the 16 coaches picked over Bieniemy since 2019 have made the playoffs, while seven have been, been fired. fired <laughs> so you pass on Eric Bieniemy for somebody else, and then you end up firing that person. So I guess the question, we can, we can kind of button it up here. There have been a several lateral moves. Dusty looked it up. LaFleur was Rams OC to Titans OC to Packers head coach. Um, Gase, which I don't think, you know, not a great coach. Broncos OC to Bears OC to Dolphins head coach. Bruce Arians, Steelers OC, Colts OC to Cardinals head coach. Do you think this lateral move is actually no. going to work? No, I, I hope it does. Or deliver but no. a head coach. But I job. know that on this Chiefs, during this Chiefs run, Mike Kafka 
is now a hot head coaching candidate. He reported to be enemy, then got hired out to be, I think, with the Giants as the offensive coordinator, and now he's getting head coaching interviews. And when the Chiefs kick ass next year, you know what a hot name's going to be? Matt Nagy. He, you know what I mean? He failed in Chicago, got that experience, and it's just... It, it, and it, the, the last thing I'll say is this. I do not think the majority of these, even necessarily any of them, are like, I'm not hiring him. He's a black guy. I don't think it's intentional knowing racism. I think it is ingrained, subconscious thoughts of, gosh, it's a lot of game planning, a lot of real hard analytics stuff. I just, something tells me he can't do it. And he gets passed over again and again and again. And it sucks, man. I'll leave that there. Um, well said. Okay, quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. Obvious. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So, to reduce costs and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform and one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required accessed from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. And you're improving efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. Now through April 15th, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Head to NetSuite.com slash FTF. NetSuite.com slash FTF. NetSuite.com slash FTF. Welcome back to a big Monday show. We're looking at Super Bowl windows, top eight, according to Bucky Brooks. The champs at one, the Eagles at two. Bengals at three, followed by the 49ers, who don't have a quarterback. The Chargers. The Cowboys, who might have Aaron Rodgers next year. (laughs) Or an Larry Fitzgerald. (laughs) The Bills. And the Jags. And in last place. Not in last place. In eighth place. You know what those look shockingly like? Prince who has promised. The postseason tears. Oh, they do look shockingly like that. Just as bad as the postseason. So everyone thinks I'm going to talk about the Chiefs. I am not. I didn't. Think Everybody knows the Chiefs the Super Bowl Everybody window. Everybody knows who you talking is, about. Is is like like this window there? Not even that big. It, it, to be well, honest okay, with well, you. I don't. I, there's not a great window. Not window fake. Theater of the mind. Okay. The the reason that I ad I will admit I advocated to have this in the show <laughs> was because I wanted to look at Chris Broussard and have this conversation Bring because you think that. The Prince who was promised in the Jacksonville Jaguars are a figment of my own creation. That nobody takes them seriously but me and all of this stuff. And you also think the Bills <laughs> are, you know, the best ever, cons- you know, back-to-back AFC semifinalists, back-to-back seventh-place finishes in the NFL. And then they come in on this list and they are seventh, which is a nice lucky number seven for them. It's where they're comfortable. And the Jags nipping at their heels. So I'm just curious... Are you ready to admit that the Bills and the Jags, the Jags, the Bills, tomato, tomato, like they one and the same? They're both, you know, they're both AFC semi-contenders, 
you know, bringing up the rear no. of the conti- – Why? So, okay. With all due respect to my friend Bucky Yeah, Brooks, he comes on the odd couple a lot. This was not a poll of the league's GMs. This is one man's opinion, okay? Uh-huh. And I got issues with Bucky's list. Number one, San Francisco. Number four, they don't have a quarterback. They've made the they NFC Championship do not, game without and one. And Nick Bosa can get hurt, and Christian McCaffrey can get hurt, and Demo Samuel can get Everybody hurt, and George Kittle. But they get hurt a fair good amount of the time, okay? So there, I got a problem with them being number four. Okay. The Chargers? What? What have they done? Well, they had a 28 second I, I lead like Kellen Moore and all that, but we'll it. see. How are they how are they higher than the Bills? And Dallas? Dallas, their Aaron Rodgers is not walking. Who would that you have? Well, I would have Buffalo. Oh, I, the Bills. I can live with Kansas City, Philly, and Cincinnati. Even though I could argue the the second He's and third, like but Buffalo should be fourth. Why? Josh Allen's not going anywhere. Stephon Diggs isn't going anywhere. Sean McDermott's a good coach. I want to see some tweaks offensively and all that. The defense was one of the best in the league. Von Miller's. What are we back. talking about? And Von's Win. a little older, so I get that. But still. Say, again, a team that doesn't have a quarterback, a team that hadn't done anything, Dallas, 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 we know what they do. They bring their F game. They bring their F game. Dallas. And you put that. Yes. Josh, they should be fourth. I Nick. agree with you, bro. Thank you. Go, coach. Look, when you look at this list, Philly, to me, sticks out because they lost both coordinators. They've got 20 free agents, 11 of which are starters, and they haven't paid their quarterback yet. And they've got to deal with the post-Super Bowl success yeah. and learning how to be, learning how to deal with success, as I've said, is just oftentimes as hard as learning how to deal with failure. So there's going to be some struggles. They did a great job building this team, but there's a lot of moving parts going into the offseason and moving into the future. And I'd say the 49ers, we talked about the quarterback, they also don't have a one and a three. They've got 20 free agents, and eight of those guys are starters. So there's there's more transition than just the quarterback. Worried about Cincinnati because they got to pay their quarterback. Well, they got to pay the, the reason I, I, that is an issue. I, the Chiefs are unique because they've paid the quarterback, right. mm. and and Buffalo has paid the quarterback, so that bumps them up. Yeah, because they're and they living both won now. And yeah, and they're well, living not in that. Buffalo, my bad. The Chiefs <laughs> won twice. But, but, but we're talking about the whole list. Oh, yeah, yeah, my higher. No, 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 much higher. Sorry, go ahead. But but he they could move up. It's getting through that post-quarterback contract layer where all the other okay. parts have to be drawn from is hard. This is where this is just Bucky Brooks' what? eight oh, I'm sorry, Bucky <laughs> eight Brooks. pointed list. <laughs> You're right. sitting here like That's you won another it's Super not Bowl. On the GM. He's oh. so happy. Where's the confetti? Is that coming okay, out? The guns no, and all? All right, listen, I guess I'm the only one on the stage who respects Bucky Brooks. Sorry, I Bucky. do, but you're no, like no, no. sitting here. Hey, no, with listen, your I chest like he does out. a good podcast with Daniel Jeremiah. Dusty listens to it all the time. He's like, Did you hear what Bucky Brooks Brooks said? I'm like, yeah, man, it's on the list. Uh Here's the thing. I heard Coach say why the Eagles shouldn't be on there, the Bengals, the 49ers. I heard Brew crush the Chargers and the Cowboys. I'm obviously going to support the Jags. You know what it sounds like to me? It sounds like there's one team with a wide-open Super Bowl window, and it's the team that that what? Just won it. Wilds. You already brought us to Kansas City. (laughs) What? What? The day before you were going, like, guess what? Everybody should go. So me and Brew are like, we're going to go pack our bags, go out to Kansas City, watch you be serenaded as we were shivering, (laughs) as you're running around all day and all night, and then we have to come back here. Do we get any credit? No. 
For you just to be like, we know. Blame you what? guys well are good. What you guys are good. Well Gosh darn it. Well. We need more friction on the show. You better come up with a take because, <laughs> because what? Kansas City is really good isn't going to carry this show to the next level. You better come up with something. Nobody's repeated in 20 years. So okay, there we go. Now we're back. Oh, now yeah. we're getting – because we got I'm indoctrinated, sure, I'm, Coach. I'm, we're there. We're like putting cheap 20 sweatshirts on. Yeah, 20 Coach, no. I know you weren't here Monday, but we literally – it's not up there still – already hung the banner for going back-to-back. The question is, are they going to be the first team ever to go three in a row? Oh, not are they going to oh, go back-to-back. I remember the That's, last time he talked about oh, that. Oh, and we came and one game was, away. We, it was such a bad time. year. Went 14-1, and one, got to the Super Bowl, and he had some bad luck there. Big, yeah, okay. It wasn't back-to-back. <laughs> I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Oh my goodness, wait till you see this. They released the results of a player poll. Now, don't get me wrong. Small sample size. Very small. They talked like 16 guys. They caught a couple no, guys in the corner. Uh, oh, look. Three people said, Dame, who do you want to see win a ring? Yeah. Three people said CP3. Two said poetic. Russ, and then all the people. Two said the Russ. All got one. Fernando getting a vote. Ja getting a, wow. a vote. Unbelievable. Valentunas is getting a vote, and he got it from Sabonis. Luka, Luka got a vote. How about that? Who did he get a vote from? Y- Jokic. It's all just kind of. Yeah. So, Jokic didn't get a vote. Okay, I'm going to work my way through this a little bit. But in the spirit of the poll, okay. I'm going to pick guys that haven't won. Okay. Is that what? Are we sure? That was, yeah, that was not the, a name was on the there. Yes. Of a guy the guy that was guys who haven't won a ring. I, you, were in the, you were in the room when this I, poll was Luca conducted. told me about it. Okay. I'm going to be honest, Nick. I kind of would like to see Jokic win the ring. So, Just to keep amazing. you quiet. Can I? Really? And, 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 and when he wins his third straight MVP, you'll be happy. Hold on. Can I say He'll something like that real quick? I, I was going to say something very similar. If he wins the MVP this year, which I think he will, and kind of even if he doesn't, for the sanctity of the history of the MVP award, I agree with that. What? Yeah, if he. If, but I see no way they win the win, championship. Well, that's a, that's a more stinging indictment on Jokic than anything you, I've ever said. If you, you said there's no way the number I mean, one seed in the West shit, with a healthy I, I roster can win the title with supposedly win. the best player in the league. But I would I, – it would validate what I think has been the MVP voting going off the rails. But go ahead. You want That's not who you actually wanted to say. Of course you can go with CP3. We've talked about him as a top five point guard. All the other four, Magic, Steph, Oscar, mm-hmm. Isaiah, won championship. He needs to win one. But And Russ, look, I like Russ, but here's the problem with Russ. If it. Russ wins it this year with the Clippers, mm-hmm. I have said for years he will never lead a team to a championship. Well, His game isn't that correct. isn't conducive it's to now that. Over. But if he wins it, say he averages 15 points a game this year, seven assists, comes off the bench and wins it, it's nice. But it doesn't. It does change his legacy a little bit. Oh, change it a lot. It yeah, it a but lot. It's, it's different when you don't lead be like a Jason team. Kidd. Okay, I mean, do we, Jason Kidd, it's we don't something. think of him as leading a team no. to a championship. Gary like Payton, Dwight. Alonzo Morty, even Dwight or David Robinson oh. get some props. Well, but when you're the number one guy for the bulk of your career, and then, yeah. and then you 
become a two, a, not even a two, a three, a four, or whatever. Sure. It's not quite the same. So that's why I'm going with Dame Dollar. I, he's not going to win it, but I'd love to see Dame get a championship because he is, I love his loyalty. He has been like, look, I'm 10 toes down in Portland. They gave me the chance. This is my franchise. I want to win it my way. And if I can't do it that way, I'm fine with it. I like that attitude, so I would say, damn. When is that going to But it's no. It's never going to happen. <laughs> I mean, I, it's, 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 it's just not. Okay. okay. It's just right. not. Go ahead. I know it's not in the spirit of the rules, but maybe I didn't understand the question. I thought we could just pick any player. And I wanted Giannis to win. Giannis? Doesn't he yeah. have one? It's yes, ring. I wanted to have two. Look at the screen, Who buddy. do you want to? Oh, I didn't know first was on. First yeah. ring. Who said that? Okay. You, you wrote the question. Can, I didn't write that can, question. Can I say uh No, can <laughs> let me finish my take. Oh, sorry. Right, go ahead. Why Giannis? Go ahead. Thank, why. You know what? Thanks, Brew. Right. It's a great question. Yeah. Because I think that we view Giannis as being this young player in the league, and he's sneaky old. He's like Travis Kelsey's sneaky old. How old is he? 28. Okay. That's, I think that's sneaky old to have one. So if he doesn't win this year, going he's going into his 29th, se- or 29th age, age season. LeBron's got four, 27, 28, 31, 35. I think if he gets this one, all of a sudden, like, oh, okay, two rings. Could he catch him? Best player in the world. All of a sudden, you got a LeBron-Giannis conversation coming down the pike. I'd be interested. No, in yeah, I mean, Giannis. It's not bad. Not his first ring. Yeah, though. but I it's also yeah. I mean, it's, outside it's, of that, I thought it bad. said second. Yeah. Okay. Uh, <laughs> according to the premise, guys who've never won a championship. Yeah. Who I look at. at listen, I obviously I, I'd love Luca to win it. I picked him, and he's one of my favorite players. But uh, to me, we're talking about guys who we think are nearing the end. You know what I mean? Luca's going to have plenty of opportunities. There's Ja. Somebody voted for Ja. Ja's going to have 15 years, we would hope, of opportunities. So I'm talking about older players who are all-timers who don't have a title. Yep. So the first one would be Durant. Okay. I'd like see, to, see, this is a big stuff. I'd like him what? to have a real turn. I'd like him to have a real ring. Wow. But then Two set Durant aside. MVPs. Okay, my bad. All right, so set that aside. <laughs> I'm going to say James Harden. Because James Harden. My bad is one of the, I would argue, three greatest players ever without a ring. You used to say number one. Uh, yeah, but that, and that was more projection of what he was going to be. But Elgin, Barkley, Carl, and Harden would be the four. And so maybe let me say four greatest ever without mm-hmm. with, without a ring. Elgin technically got one, but he doesn't really have one. Like he he retired. He retired, he retired early in the season. Did, I think yeah. they send him a ring. But it, it, to me, he's the best player ever without a ring. Harden's statistical resume is all time great. Absolutely. And it gets. It's not that the playoffs don't amplify it. The playoffs actually undercut it. Yeah. He has had so many horrible right. postseason. Games and series that it'd be almost be better if he never played in the playoffs and just looked at the regular season stuff. If he and I know Brew, he wouldn't be leading them, but he would. But he'd be clear number two. two, This would be and it would be a a big and a little. Absolutely, you know what I mean. Like and so I'd be like Dr. J and Moses Malone. Sure, nobody holds that. Nobody holds that against Doc at all. And Doc obviously had a lot more pelts on the wall than Harden prior to that. I think. I think historically speaking, it would look at the. He's like, okay, the guy won an MVP, won a couple scoring titles, won an assist title, finished second MVP voting three times, and then won a championship. Pretty good. So I think that'd be pretty good. It's shocking he wasn't on that list. He didn't get one vote. Why don't you take this right? Why don't you read that right there? Read what the question was. Right there. Circle it. 
Why can Kevin Wilde? No, it says player to win a ring. God darn it. That's what it said. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. New Ravens OC Todd Monken was asked about working with Lamar. Also, what would happen if he didn't work with Lamar? Due to the contract quagmire we're currently in. Here's what he said. Take a listen. How difficult will it be uh, Lamar holds out comes the first week of the season? You know, how far behind will he be with your install? Oh, I'm sure he'll be behind, but um, it's still just football. I mean, I think sometimes we make this out to be way too much, you know. I mean, it's just football. It's been playing. I don't know when he started, maybe at five years old with the Purple Pounders or something in Miami or something. I mean, it's just football. Like, we'll cater to what he knows and play. Mm. Sure. Coach, I'll be honest with you. If you came on and said that as part of your analysis, I'd be like, <laughs> <laughs> just football. What do you think, Coach? Just football. Nick, your reaction. Well, I mean, I think it's a terrible answer. I, and I, the listen. The, he's not. He's not a head coach, and he's not going to be given a lot of interviews. And it's not. So I'm not going to kill the guy for it. I think it's a bad answer, but I also think it's indicative of the terrible spot the Ravens have put themselves in. This is. There is a reason why quarterbacks do not get franchise tagged. Three quarterbacks ever have played under the franchise tag. You know what they all had in common? None of them were first-round picks. None of them were anything close to a league MVP at that point in time. And none of their teams really deeply, fully believed in them. Drew Brees played under the franchise tag for the Chargers, who then got rid of him. He's a second-round pick. Kirk Cousins played under the franchise tag twice. He was a fourth-round pick. Dak Prescott played under the franchise tag for a full season, was a fourth-round pick. Now you have Lamar, a first-round pick, a league MVP, and the team's like, no, we'll just franchise tag him. It doesn't happen at this position, and one of the reasons I would imagine, Coach, is even if you're not installing a totally new offense, you need your quarterback there for, hopefully, OTAs, certainly training camp. And so people can understand this before I give it to you. If they franchise tag him, he can sign it days before, if he ever signs it, days before the season starts, and there's no penalty. So I know on sports TV everywhere they're going to say Lamar Jackson's holdout. There is no holdout because he's not under contract. He would just be not signing it. And if you're trying to install a new offense, potentially with new weapons, and Lamar shows up September 9th, it's like, okay, I'll oh, take my real 45 se- not million. Not like the NFL calendar. No, season. I'm talking the about real season. He, he, they, they hand it to him. He signs it whenever he wants. It's a brutal spot for the Ravens if he does sign it because he can wait until days before the season starts. Yeah, that'd be worst-case scenario. And you could say it's, it's just football. Remember, Tom Brady goes to Tampa Bay and is trying to learn a new system. Right. And, and he's struggling, and he was there mm-hmm. yep. for a decent amount of time. So now you're talking about a system that's, that's very different than what Greg Roman did. They're talking about tempo and no huddle and, and all these different things where, where Greg Roman's system was more deliberate and they, they controlled time of possession. And so so that's, all, that's all a transition that, that he's going to have to go through. And, and he hasn't coached anybody like Lamar. He's coached Jameis Winston when he was a coordinator in Tampa, and then it was Baker Mayfield in Cleveland, and then Stetson Bennett. So he's got to get used to having an athlete like that and really figuring out what works in his system 
for him. It, it's a it's a it's a horrible situation to be in if if that's how it turns out where he comes in that late for both Lamar and and for the Ravens. If Lamar's plan is to do that, if he's thinking if they're going to franchise me, I'm just going to wait till right before the season to sign. Then Lamar should just ask for a trade right now. He should just say, "Look, we've been negotiating for a year and a half. We are miles apart. Trade me. Just trade me." That would enable him to get a little bit of uh, control of the situation. Right now, they have all the control. I know he can sit, not sign it, and that's a little bit of control, but they essentially control the situation. If he says, just trade me, we can't come to an agreement, then they either have to improve their offer significantly or trade him. Everybody will know now Lamar wants out. So I, I think that's what he should do because if he were to come back right before the season – when he comes back, Coach, he needs to play well. Like, there are already questions about him because of the way he plays, because he's not that big for a running quarterback, because he's been hurt the last two years. Like, he can't come in and afford to not know what the heck he's doing and look bad in the offense. So I think he should say, look, trade me if indeed he's thinking about doing this. Well, the exerting control, depending on how that injury really played out the last season, the season before, and that's where the control can come into play. When you when you're dinged up a little bit, you can make a decision. Do I wait till I'm 100% healthy or do I come back and, and play through it? And, and when you've got this kind of money on the line, you wait till you're 100% healthy. And that's another way so to could, exert control. Could theoretically, I don't think he would do this, but just theoretically, he, he signs the franchise tag. Maybe, let's say it's the exclusive tag. Yeah. And in the first play of the game, he gets hit. You're like, you know what? Not 100%. And then sits for the you, – it's of like course. almost like a quiet quitting. Of like, course. Look, that's, I, I had a guy one time who had a back injury the week before the season, and then his contract got signed and the injury disappeared. Oh. And it was one of those things where everybody knew what the back injury right. was, but that was real leverage that, that they have. And, and, and you never want to get into that. You never want to question the, uh, an athlete's injury or not injury, but that part of the, the world exists. This is headed in a terrible direction. And like any divorce, if you're going to ultimately get divorced, the earlier you admit it and rip the Band-Aid off, the better it is for everybody. Okay. And so, I don't know. Very I, personal there. Well, no, it's not. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> so trying to like get quiet and like look at Child the- and divorce. Here's a story. Diana Rossini had a great report. Said that the Jets told Derek Carr he could be a first ballot Hall of Famer if he wins in New York. What? Okay. You okay. want to go here? Yeah, I would like to. Okay. Quickly. Bro, how many people do you think are in the Fresno State Football Hall of Fame? Give it a guess. Give it a guess. Seven? 71. Oh. oh. Derek Carr, not one of them. So let's That's work ridiculous. on that. It's true. His brother is. He's not. So let's work on the Fresno State Football Hall of Fame okay. before we get to Canton. Here's the reason, though, even though he's not going to be a first any ballot Hall of Famer, I think the Jets should do this. I have an unbelievable graphic for you. 36 quarterbacks last year threw at least 175 passes. You want to see the three lowest rated ones? It, you, oh, it better not be Let Mac me just Jones. show it to better, you. Mac Jones it's not. not be on the no. 36 oh, quarterbacks okay. threw at least 175 wow. All passes. All three of theirs were the, the worst, the second worst, and the third worst were Jets. That's so a you great don't graphic. Have, you don't have to be great. For it to be a great upgrade on a team that, despite that, was seven and four last year at one point in time. Well, well why would you say this? Why would you say, look, if I'm if I'm Derek Carr's agent, 
I'm a, I'm a first ballot Hall of Famer. Pay me like a first oh ballot Hall of Famer. That's the first thing. There I don't know go. why you say it that way. <laughs> then if I'm the Jets and I say this guy can be a first ballot Hall of Famer and he comes into New York and he struggles, every fan is going to be like, what what happened to this yeah, guy? This guy's supposed stride. to be a first ballot Hall right. of Famer. Right. And, <laughs> and then you look at it like, does he have better coaching? Does he have better players? Is he facing less formidable defenses? Is there less pressure in New York than there is Las Vegas? Like, what what value comes from this statement for anybody involved, except maybe Derek Carr and his agent, who then can He's negotiate eager. like a first ballot Hall of Fame. I agree with you, Coach, but let me say this. Oh, Uh-oh. Here we oh go. come on. First of all, you win the Super Bowl in New York, it doesn't mean you're a Hall of Famer. Phil Simms won two. Hostetler won one. Simms won one. They're not Hall of Famers, obviously. Eli, will he be first ballot? No. He'll okay. get He'll in probably get in, right. But I'm just going to say this. Oh, my gosh. If Derek Carr... Go, because he's already made four Pro Bowls equal Wait. to Eli Wait. in nine years, and Eli played. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on. Let me just let me say this. <laughs> I do I think Derek Carr is going to make the Hall of Fame? No, bro. But what I'm saying is this: bro. if he goes to New York, and when he's 31, no, and has five really good seasons, yeah. And they win a Super Bowl? No, bro. Are you telling me there is no, no – everything chance. is ma- – Coach, bro, you know this. Bro, you everything did this last year with Matt Stafford. New York. You did no, this with Matt Stafford. No, I didn't. You I did. just said it and might then, be a discussion. No, bro, you I, did this with Matt Stafford. If he has five, Coach, no. And then at the beginning of this year – New York is magnified. No, Bru does this thing. If you're bad in New York, it's the worst. If you're good in New York, it's the best. And then nine months later, he's like, some people were saying – You did this with Stafford. You were like, some people were saying Stafford was going to be all favorite. That's something Who's better, uh, Phil Sims or Derek Carr? Derek Carr had better regular season so far than Phil Sims. I think obviously Phil better Sims than Hostetler. You look at the regular season records, uh, just production, and Carr's been better. Years ago, okay. And if you, I'm not just talking about the raw numbers. Sure. Carr, Eli, I think is an art in the regular season. But Eli was mediocre in the regular season. It's an Guys, argument. we got an hour left in the show. I'm, I'm just saying. Go, am but I off base? You're off base. If he has four great Hall of Famer? Like, if, now, Bruce, now we're like, ballot, I mean sixth ballot. <laughs> no, Hall of Fame's Hall of Fame to me. If he has four or five great years with the Jets. So what? And they win a Super Bowl. He's not going to the Hall of Fame. He's not Hall of Famer. I think it's out there. I don't mind it. You just put it out there. I think there. it's out there. They're, start, they're saying it. I, I heard it. It's people, out there. Bro, how people. many quarterbacks from this era are making the Hall of Fame? If Carr makes it, we got to put 13 in. Do Matt I Ryan's think he's going to make it? Phil no. Rivers is in. But if, does Cam Matt Ryan have in. a Super Bowl? Does Cam have a Super Bowl? They, they went there and they won League MVP. They didn't, no, they didn't win. Super Bowl. That, the answer is no. You're putting Stafford in. No, I'm not putting he Stafford in. He won a Super Bowl. I broached the topic. <laughs> This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperice.com. Welcome back to a big Thursday show. It's the most motivating segment in all sports. It's the Bud List. Uh, yes. It's also the time, Nick, as you know, where we read some viewer mail. Yeah. <laughs> we got another letter here today. Oh, okay. Wow. Huh. Thank you for the letter <laughs> reading. Oh, there's one of the handwritten ones. Well, sometimes. sometimes they're typed. 
Sometimes, Can you yeah. read? It depends. Yeah. From a very small child. The, the handwriting yeah. looks familiar to be 100% honest with you. Uh, Dear Wilds, love the show. Thank you. We ordered our Bud List home game. We love it. But are there more parts? Did we get all of it? I believe in you. Sincerely, Ryan and Brian. Well, Ryan and Brian, uh, we got this a lot. Because I we think did. people were expecting a lot of... Bells and whistles. A lot of bells and whistles. <laughs> but one of the key parts about the Bud List home game, when you look into it, it's really just a piece of paper and a pen. <laughs> and a, a lot, the onus is on you. And a lot of people say, well, that's too much for the buyer to do. Yeah. Well, that's the difference. Because here at First Things First... We believe it. <laughs> so, enjoy yes. the game, Ryan and Brian. You write yourself motivational phrases. Yeah, it's and great. I think read maybe them every we should have kept that under wraps yeah. until we sold out fully. <laughs> well, <laughs> they're moving. Uh, great All right, market. let's get to yeah, it. Let's At get to number it. three, Knicks man Joel Embiid. Oh. Now, Joel Embiid has not been uh, quiet about wanting to win an MVP award, and he's certainly playing at an MVP level. He's been great. And he demolished the guy that – it looks like it's going to win the MVP, Nikola Jokic, for the third straight year. Embiid ate him up head-to-head. So, head. so it, Joel, control what you can control. You might not be able to control the MVP situation, but you can control the NBA title situation, all right? And you haven't yet even been to the conference finals. So, Joel Embiid, you're playing with a great point guard. Mm. James Harden, when he wants to be a point guard, is phenomenal. He's playing well. Regardless of what you think about Doc Rivers, he is an all-time top 15 coach officially. Okay? <laughs> he is. Officially, he's on the list. All right? You got other scores in Tyrese Maxey and Tobias Harris. And as Nick said earlier, a six-ranked defense in the NBA. So what's the excuse? Yeah, Ooh. There is no excuse to go deep in the playoffs, if not to the finals, Joel. You got to stay healthy, and he's already talked about a foot ailment. But I saw you out there Sunday night in the All-Star game, so I don't really want to hear about the foot ailment anymore. Go out there and play. And the Sixers do have the toughest remaining schedule in the league. You'd like to get that number one seed so you don't have to beat Milwaukee and Boston in the same postseason. So, Joel... I do believe in you. Yes. Go out there and get it done. At number two, if you saw the last segment, you know this brother needs some motivation. Russell Westbrook. Russ, they don't believe. I'm the only one on this set who believes in you, and I got to be honest. I got to be objective. You've been on five teams in five years. Yeah, okay. It's the fifth team you've been on, and the previous four all started saying, we want Russ to be Russ. All right? Russ is going to help us. The previous four, some of them, you had a great childhood friend, James Harden. And then they all ended with the other team thinking, we're better off without Russ. All right? So, you have a chance, Russ, to change the narrative. You have a chance to make people say, you know what? In Houston, it wasn't Russ. It was James Harden. You have a chance to make him say in Washington, he just didn't have enough help. You have a chance to make him say in L.A., it wasn't just Russ. A.D. was never healthy. LeBron, you know, it's hard to play with him. You can change the narrative. If you go to the Clippers and contribute to a deep playoff run, heck, maybe even to the finals, it would change the way people view you, Russ. I believe in you. At number one. All right, 
Anthony Davis. We stay in L.A. Anthony, it wasn't Russ. It certainly wasn't LeBron James. Wasn't Darvin Ham or Frank Vogel. It's you! It's the fact that you don't stay healthy or when you do, 70% of the time you don't play up to your potential or lately, you're sulking. All right, Anthony Davis, you are one of the best players in the world when you put your mind to it. And that does mean playing through some pain, some aches. All right, you have a chance to do something special over these next few months. I believe that you can do it. Here's what I want you to do. Take the torch. LeBron is begging you to take the torch. Anthony, go take this torch from LeBron James. Lead the Lakers into the play-in. Lead them through the play-in. And if you get through the play-in, I think you'll be a dangerous team because you'd have some momentum. It likely means you have taken the torch. LeBron's the second guy now, and y'all got a good supporting cast. So, Anthony Davis, I do believe in you. Go ahead and get it done. Well done. Great list. Thank you. Wow. Yeah, it was a good list. A little bit disappointing. Um, wow. for, well, you know, a little heavy NBA. Oh, sure. that part. And you know how much I like Russell Westbrook. I, I wore the jersey into work today. Yeah. So for you to say that nobody else on a, on a desk. Yeah, coach, you're right. I mean, that, right. that is a little untrue. Okay. Uh, but let, let's shift gears here. And I'm going to let you guess who I put on the bud list. I, I've got a, a quote that you guys can, can oh. read and, and you guys can try to decipher. Let's look at that first quote there. It's on me to be physically, mentally, and emotionally ready for whatever is to come. Training is everything. Kevin? Ooh. Well, I know the second one. I don't, rec- I don't recognize the first one. Well, the first one belongs to the second one as well. <laughs> Consistency and re-earn the respect through work. I'm going with Mac Jones. Oh! I like it, him? Coach. I'm, like going, it. I'm going with Mac Jones. And if we could pull Please. up his, his workout video. Yes! You know, I love a guy that puts a bunch of workout videos on the Internet. <laughs> I love a guy that does a ton of endorsements <laughs> in the offseason, whether it's for your shoes oh. or the local bank or maybe the donut place or all those different places. I love those things. I think that's really important. But but he, here's, here's why he's on the list. He's got an offensive coordinator, a legitimate offensive coordinator, so that excuse is off the table. Okay, that's the first thing. The, the second thing, it's not the sophomore slump. We're, we're through the sophomore year, and I'll give you the benefit of the doubt. Sometimes guys can regress in that second year, but we're over that. And now the final thing is you, your only competition is Bailey Zappi. And, and, look, there's rumblings that he may be pushing you, but it's not like you've got a veteran guy that's a serious ingrained threat there. It's, it's a different type of threat. Now, that being said, free agency is coming up and the draft is coming up, and you better prove to, to the organization that you're the guy because Bill's not opposed to drafting quarterbacks. He's drafted 11 of them, drafted guys high the second round, the third round. You've got to make sure that you're ingrained and, and these workout videos are paying off and they believe that you're actually the but guy. But you do believe in him, correct? That's how we end the this segment. This is a motivational <laughs> segment. I know. You, you pointed the camera and say, I believe in him. You didn't say that you had to believe in him. You well, just said it's, it's a motivational we're trying segment. To motivate. You believe Coach, in him, right? I like it. Is it I, motivational that or was, do I have to say I believe in him? That was motivational. I think Wilds needs some motivation mm-hmm. after that. Well, I believe I, in him. I, I agree. Okay. Yeah, right. I believe in him. I'm going to go back to hoops. Shocking. It has to be Nikola Jokic. Oh. Oh. We used to live in a civilized sports world. Where you didn't have to be the best player in the league. You didn't have to win championships to win an MVP. 
It's like, hey, that's a great player at a great season. Let's give him one. Charles Barkley, come on down. David Robinson, come on down. Kevin Garnett, Steve Nash, come on down Carl twice because you're small and cute and <laughs> fancy. Carl Malone, come on down a couple times. Hey, we go down the list. There's Allen Iverson, great group. And then it's like, okay, but now we need video. to see you do it in the postseason and then you can win some more. Instead, Nikola Jokic's postseasons have gone like this. He made a conference finals and it was the best player on his team. And then last, the year after, he got swept in round two and he won the MVP. And then last year, he lost in round one and he won the MVP. And this year, Vegas says he is a minus 300 favorite to win a third straight MVP. They are the one seed. They are fully healthy. And yet all of the people who are saying he is a no-brainer MVP, when you're like, oh, by the way, who do you have winning the title? Like, well, not the Nuggets. <laughs> Let's be serious here. How could they win it? I don't know. They have one of the greatest players ever, I've been told. Box score plus minus says he actually is the greatest player of all time already. Has already passed Michael Jordan in that regard, what? according to that hallowed metric. So I simply would ask that we hold Nikola Jokic to the standard we have held 70 years of league MVPs, which is if you win more than one, we expect you to get it done in the postseason. He's going to be at three in a row with the one seed. He's going to need to get it done in the postseason. Yeah, look, I'm with you in that I'd like to see him, you know, justify these MVP awards with a championship, but Nick, he doesn't have a second All-Star. It's just that's why nobody thinks he's going to win it. He doesn't have a second All-Star. Okay. That's fair. I mean, that's what they're saying. Uh, I am going back to football. I'm going to put the Raiders organization oh. on the bud list because when they let go of Derek Carr, I said, what's your plan here? I thought they were going to go through the offseason and then come to the realization that the best quarterback available's name was Derek Carr. But here's what the Raiders GM said uh, recently. Take a listen. At the end of the day, like I'm in charge of myself and you know our group, we're in charge of um, filling the most important position on the team. And so, yeah, there's some, you know, there's, um, there's some, uh, there's some pressure that comes along with that. And and however we fill it, it doesn't mean we're going to have an immediate answer, you know, this year. You know what I mean? And so, um, but at the end of the day, we have to have an answer. Uh, yeah. Ow. Someone's got to play quarterback. <laughs> so CBS Sports put together a list. Andy Dalton, Gardner Minshew, Teddy Bridgewater, Taylor Heineke, Jacoby Brissett. Maybe it's Jimmy G. I was going to say, where's Jimmy G? Uh, maybe. But when the GM of your team is saying, yeah, we need a quarterback, maybe it doesn't come <laughs> this year. Not great. Maybe if you don't have an answer to that question, you pass on the bussin' with the boys podcast. Maybe <laughs> 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 if you're not ready to answer the quarterback question, <laughs> you're like, you know what? He didn't know they were going to ask him that. Give me next time. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Welcome to First Things First. I'm joined today by my friends, Rick Buecher and Antoine Walker. And Antoine, quick yes or no answer. Are the Suns a super team? No. 
Wow. All right, we'll get to that. That'll be meaty. But let's start. We'll get to KD. Let's start with LeBron. First game back from the All-Star break, and the Lakers made easy work of the Golden State Warriors, beat them 124 to 111. LeBron and AD combined for only 25 points, but new addition Malik Beasley got busy, put in 25 by himself on seven three-pointers. So, Twan, let's start with you. Did the Lakers look like a certain playoff team last night? They look good. I think this is going to take some time. I like the new additions. They got a lot younger. Um, I think they're going to be better defensively because, you know, LeBron's getting older. And then obviously AD, you know, you call him the, the controller middle. So you need the better perimeter defense. But I like where, where the Lakers are at right now. I thought they needed a fusion of youth on their team. And they did do that uh, with the additions that they added. And now it's time to just try to get some continuity. I think, you know, you spend the next time, obviously you got to fight for a playoff position, but you got to build some continuity right now with that young group. Find out what's going to be your best five. I don't know what's that best five. It's going to take us a while to see what's that unit that you're going to have closing games out. But I like the infusion of the youth that they've added to the team. And then this is the biggest thing. And Rick, you understand this. It's the mindset of those young guys about winning the title. LeBron is not there to make the playoffs. Well, LeBron's not there to, to, to make the playoffs. Anthony Davis, you got guys there that have bigger goals and bigger ambitions. So you got to get these guys in the right frame of mind. I think that's going to be more important than actually the play. They got to get their mind right that you're playing to try to get, get to the title. That's what LeBron is playing for. Now, LeBron's not playing to make it to the, to the NBA playoffs. He's been there 20 times. That's not a problem. He's trying to win a title. So you got to think about that. And I think that's the mindset. That's going to be the, the thing for LeBron and AD to get those guys in the right mindset to win the NBA title. All right, and Rick, you heard Twan. He brought up the T-word, title. So I, yeah. do, is that a little too far, too fast? Are they definitely in the P-place playoffs? Are they definitely? Uh, they're, in, they're in a P-place. They're in the play-in. I, and, well, Let's say that they are more of a play-in team than what we saw of the Warriors last night. And I can't even call them the Golden State Warriors. I, I, I'd have to call them like the Olden Warriors because they were missing a couple of key pieces. And I would swear that I know Nick's not on the show today, but did Nick mail in this topic? Does he want to immediately uh, okay. anoint the Lakers? They're on their way. They're a threat. They're going to play for a title this year. There's look, they're still they're they're in 13th. They still have to leapfrog not just the Warriors, but at least two other teams. So, I liked what I saw. I liked the vibe that they have. I would say that they're more of a playoff team now than they were 2 weeks ago. But to suggest that they beat a Warriors team without Steph Curry, their best scorer, Without Andrew Wiggins, uh, arguably one of their, certainly one of their two best defenders, and two G League guys in their main rotation coming off the bench in Ty Jerome and Anthony Lamb, and I, I'm just not ready to say that this is the determination. Look, it's cold and rainy in L.A. today. I don't want to add <laughs> to the weather, but I can't be all sunshine simply because they beat a shorthanded Warriors team 
first game out of the break. All right, look, Twan's in Chicago. I'm in New York. We definitely don't want to hear any complaining about the weather in California. <laughs> but I, I, I've heard that a lot, Rick, and that's fair. Like you said, they beat the Warriors, that team that's depleted. They beat New Orleans, right, before the break. They looked good, but yep. that team didn't have Zion Williamson. What I will say, though, is this about the Lakers. They did what they're supposed to do against undermanned opponents. They led them essentially Agreed. from buzzer to buzzer, beat them both by double figures, and looked comfortable in doing so. Obviously, the pieces fit much better together. Malik Beasley is a great piece because he can shoot, he can defend, he's athletic. Obviously, Russell, D'Angelo Russell, and even Jared Vanderbilt's a good, really good defender so I think they got better um, I think the question is I agree Rick I think they get in the play in I think they could had they had more time they might have been able to move up to the top six but I don't think they have time to do that so Twan you you brought up title how dangerous do you think this Lakers team can be if they stay healthy how uh, let me say this first I agree with you in that if they get into the play-in, which we think they will, they survive the play-in, I think they'll be dangerous. I'm not saying win the West dangerous, but could they knock off Memphis? The top three seeds are Denver, Memphis, and Sacramento. If either of them gets a Lakers team that's playing well because they've been through the play-in, I think that's a seriously tough series for one of those top three seeds. So, Twan, how far do you think the Lakers can go realistically? As far as LeBron James and Anthony Davis take them, and probably a little bit more mm. if Anthony Davis can stay healthy. Um, I like where they're at. I think, obviously, the, fuse, the, fuse, the fusion of youth that they have, I think is great for the Lakers. They need that. The Russells, you know what I mean? The Malik Beasley's of the world. The Jared Vanderbilt's guys are going to maybe do a little bit more dirty work where AD and LeBron can really focus in on the hard labor of scoring the basketball. I like what they got. They needed that, that infusion of youth. And we got to wait and see. I think I just think if they're able to guarantee the top four teams do not want to play them. I can guarantee you that they do not want to see the Lakers in the seven-game series. So I like where they're at right now. It was a good pickup to get, get a lot younger. And LeBron James ain't hit his stride yet. He's been wait till LeBron James hit his stride. Well, LeBron James hit his stride, and I like what AD's at. Long as AD continues to play, we know AD has has time. You know, may not play sometimes, so that that worries me. But if AD can stay healthy, I, this this guy's limit. I, I would not want to be a team. I would not be a three seed and have to play the Lakers at the right. six seed. I wouldn't uh, want to play them. It's a tough first round matchup for sure. All right, Rick, you mentioned the Warriors earlier. Let's go to them. They're down to the 10th seed. Obviously, they got some injury issues. Is it time for the Warriors to hit the panic button? Oh, hell no. Oh. It was time a long time ago to hit the panic button. <laughs> that panic button is, like, dead now. There's the, they've already hit it. So they hit it not- when they started. They hit it when they, when they started out, when they couldn't win a, a game on the road. They hit it when Steph Curry got injured and now we don't know how long he's going to be out or what he's going to be like when he gets back they hit it when their defense uh, was demonstrated as being non-existent they hit it when they discovered that Kaminga and James Wiseman and Moses Moody weren't ready to step into the shoes of Nemanja Bialica and Otto Porter they hit it when Gary Payton when they traded for Gary Payton the second and it turns out that GP is hurt more than they thought, and now they don't know what they're going to get out of that. Like, 
This now, so now because they lost to the Lakers. No, that like that panic button they, that's been activated, and it was a while <laughs> ago. Did it start with the punch? Did that essentially ruin the season? Instead of bad time. Uh, I'm not going to say it ruined the season. I'm going to say that it complicated their ability to rebound from the issues that they have. Uh, The defensive issues that they have are directly connected to the punch because Draymond Green has not been able to have the authority and the voice and make the demands necessary to bring this team to the level of defense that is necessary. And that starts with Jordan Poole. Like one of the things that last year worked so well, Jordan Poole is not a good defender. And now that he's gotten paid and he's stepping into Steph Curry's shoes at various times, he's even less interested in defending. And last year, Draymond was really good about, and I talked to Andre Iguodala about this, they had a good cop, bad cop thing going with Jordan in terms of getting him to play as hard a defense as they could. He hasn't been able to say that. Uh, Draymond hasn't been able to say anything to Jordan or any of the other young guys as a result of the punch. And I see a direct correlation between their defensive issues and the fact that Draymond Green has had to hold his tongue. All right, Twan, you agree quickly. Golden State's done. They're, they're not a contender in the West anymore. They're not a, they're not a contender. It's just too much turmoil. And, and I agree with Rick to a certain degree. It's tough to come back for what fights happen internally. Guys, you know, kind of tune out, and, and especially the person that's really instigating that and, and Draymond Green. Guys tune you out, and it, it becomes a big distraction. I think they've done a good job of getting control of their season, but I still think it's going to be a problem down the line. It, it, it's too hard to come back from that. Guys got pride. You got to deal with family, friends, people talking. It's, it, it's just too much going on on the outside to really recover from that. And I think they've done a good job to keep themselves in the mix, but that's why you see this up and down season by Golden State. It's really, it's because of that incident. All right, Twan, let's switch gears, talk some Mavericks. Now, Luka and Kyrie were 0-2 together with the Mavs heading into that game last night. They played the Spurs. That's a good way to get your first win. Luka drops 28, Kyrie 23. Twan, was the the win over San Antonio last night something or nothing for these Mavericks? I think it's something. I think one thing that you this duel continue needs to have confidence. They got to learn how to continue to play with each other and play off each other. And anytime you can win a game is always good. I'd never take a win and say it's nothing. But, you know, one thing about this, they got to figure out, I think the biggest thing for, for them is who's going to be that guy. And Rick can understand this with about three minutes to go. Who is Jason Kidd yep. drawing up that play for? That's what a, that's what you're going to see there because playoff games are going to be much closer. Everything's going to be tight. Who are you drawing up that play for? Is Kyrie going to be comfortable taking a look? He did it with LeBron, getting in the corner and waiting to see if he gets a shot. Is Luka going to be comfortable with Kyrie going one-on-one? Those guys have got to be able to accept that on who's got the hot night. Believe me, I play with Paul Pierce, and we probably – you got to be able to accept certain things, and you got to realize when the coach gets to that certain individual, you got to, you got to be humble enough to do that and continue to do your job. So I'm interested to see that as the season goes along and we get to the playoffs. Are those guys going to be comfortable who's taking that last shot at the end of the game? Yeah, and, and beyond that, Twan, the defense is a big question in Dallas. Rick, can they make any type of run in your mind in the Western Conference playoffs? 
Uh, no, not not not, be- and primarily because of that defense. I uh, I do like what I've seen from Kyrie and and Luca. They're clearly trying to figure it out, and so. But but I've seen that from the beginning. Even the games they lost before the break. Right. What I've liked is they want to they they want to play together. They want to make room for each other. They just haven't figured out how. Uh, but it's it's look. Can I have uh, can I can I show where the Spurs are? The fact that they scored the way they did and the way they defended uh, the way they did. I, Brew, Brew, how many of the starters for the Spurs can you name off the top of your head? Not many, not many. Yeah, that's that's I where mean, we they're, are. They're and clearly trying to do Tim Duncan 2.0, right? In Victor. Yeah, no, without question. I mean, without question. Without question. Absolutely. So I. I take more from the games that actually the Dallas played before the break uh, against the Kings uh, and against the Timberwolves and the fact that they played those games close and that Luka and Kyrie were trying to figure it out in the last couple minutes. But to Tuan's point, like, they haven't. And they have to do that. And that's just at the offensive end. Defensively, people are underestimating what losing Dorian Finney-Smith meant to this team. And they didn't have rim protection before, that's going to be an issue going forward.